Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 436. We're making this uh, intro quick and sweet because I don't want my computer to crash for the seventh time today. Yeah, I've been here for eight hours, you guys. I'm going to keep you here until next year. Oh, that's terrifying and also kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't stopped me before. I'll go. Okay. Well, before you incriminate yourself. (laughs) Uh, We talked a lot about uh, some holidays. Books. Yeah, Christmas books, because it's Christmas time. And there's not a lot of news, so there's a few things we uh, sprinkled on in there, but we did, uh, last thing that we talked about on this, and we even put the spoiler warning right before we talked about it, we talked about the latest episode yes. of The Mandalorian. Uh, so ignore, like, the last 20 minutes of this podcast if you have not watched it yet, but, like, also, why the fuck have you not watched it yet? But also, when you are listening to this, and it seems like we just decided to drop some topics... Well, that is because, once again, my computer is breaking and... Piece of shit. Yes, we kind of just had to go yeah. roll with the punches. So, with that, uh, enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 436. Grandma got ran over by COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. We can't make another take. Merry shit, miss. <laughs> I really don't know how to start this week's one. I know. I think we just did, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we did, Lens, because I clicked record. <laughs> I had a gingerbread house making contest mm. with my family over yep. Zoom. Yep. It was a lot of fun. Sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, except for my cousin cheated. Mm. Yes. Gingerbread gate 2020. I mean, <laughs> technically it was a gate. It was a gate, yeah. <laughs> they did was, not build a house. They built a gate. They, a Jurassic Park, if you will. Did the, the, so did the doors open and close? I don't think so. I then, just think it was one giant sheet yeah. of gingerbread. If they had like made them open and close, like functional, mm-hmm. then I would give it to him, right? Well, I mean, he did win for. I mean, it looked cool, but again, it was not a house. Right. And getting into those finer details, our family will rules lawyer you on any game <laughs> we do or contest. But I, uh, I had a barn, which I thought was cool and unique and different. So, yeah, again, it would be like everyone has these gingerbread houses and Tony stands out with this little reindeer barn. But I wanted to make it even better and made it an alien invasion. You did. How did you make those little flying saucers? Was it Pringles and marshmallows? No, those are just apples. Oh. And, and my nephew had his idea of what he was going to do with apples and peanut butter and crackers. He wanted to make a full, every, like, 100% edible, which, again, I'm also, when you're making gingerbread houses, I want it to be edible, so any type of things to glue together has to be frosting or stuff, not using cardboard or anything. Right. Well, what we found out when I bought this kit, this barn, is it, it was actually already pre-assembled. Oh. It was pre-together. It was already a house. Yes. Which Cheating. saved me a lot of time yeah. in the two hours of our time limit contest to Cheater. to do some other things. I guess technically the only thing that is not edible is the toothpicks that we use for 
the snowman um, with the these cool chocolate white chocolate balls and then also for the flying spaceship to have it coming off it I had to put two toothpicks in yeah. for have it look like it's floating and then I guess string for raising the the reindeer, the reindeer. Is being abducted but yeah very creative that is so 2020 and I lost you did lose due to the gingerbread gate not a house <laughs> so I guess I'm saying this now on our podcast so that it's immortalized on the internets. Fuck you, cousin Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. It was creative, but not a I house. Sh- I should have won. Not a house. Yeah. Just not a house. But yeah, it's uh, it's the Christmas uh, Christmas time. Christmas time. Yep. I wish uh, there was snow. I know there's snow in other parts of the country, but yeah, I don't care. I personally like snow because I like going. No. If why? it's going to be cold out, as it's cold out anyways. So the only difference is let's there's just, no let's, snow. So let's make our lives more difficult by adding snow into the mix. We don't need too much snow. Maybe a couple, in, enough to go sledding or make an ice hockey rink in my dad's backyard. I see what the goal is here. Yeah, outdoor activities, something to do. No. I mean, it's you just stay inside and do indoor activities. You know what's great, though, is when it's like a blizzard and then you're like forced to stay inside and you're like, you look outside and you're like, yeah, I can't do anything. It gives you less guilt of like yeah, knowing that you're already going to. Exactly. That's why I like thunderstorms. <laughs> so. so it could just rain and that would be fine. We don't need snow. Yeah, but then if you did have to go outside, I'd rather have it be snowing than raining in this what? weather. I mean, oh, you want to get wet and have it be cold? No, because my outside activity is walking from my house to my car and then from my car into whatever other building I'm going into. (laughs) That's it. That's the extent of my outdoor activity. How often in your life have you used an umbrella in December? Oh, I don't use umbrellas ever, really. (laughs) So, (laughs) the odds of that are high. (laughs) Well, we wanted to do this whole episode... Uh, I guess based around Christmas because that is this week mm-hmm. and there are a couple books that we're going to review but one that is missing that I'm very upset about is Klaus I don't know why and I was actually because you had mentioned it to me off the air last yeah. week and I was like good call it has to have come out I see no nothing for solicitations nothing and I don't know if it's just one of those things where it was you know, this year, and maybe some collaborators couldn't come together. But, like, the last one that we had was last year's 25 Days of uh, Joe Joe Christmas, mm-hmm. which was a silent issue. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, every single uh, issue of Klaus that I've read has just been awesome. When it had the first story arc, I think it was a couple, five issues or so, or six issues, miniseries, I thought it was going to be a full series, and I thought I could totally get behind this. And then making it just a once-a-year thing, I'm like, cool. And, you know, I think there's four other years that came out. But there's not one this year, and that kind of makes me... I know. It's like they created this tradition, and then they were just like, well, we're not going to. We're just this done. Sorry. So I hope there's some legitimate reasons why, and it's not that they stopped doing it. But even then, I was just trying to find any interview, anything that says, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. And right. I didn't see anything. No. 
And it just it doesn't seem to make sense that they would have ended it after last year's, let alone just ending it without letting people know. Well, this you should a... email Grant Morrison directly and just be like, "Dude, you've ruined my Christmas," <laughs> and see what he says. Where's my we- Where's my yearly cloth? <laughs> you know what? I think I will. You should. You should tweet at him. I bet you he'd respond. You could do it from the Drunk on Comics Twitter. That might. <laughs> I was gonna say that might hold some more weight, but I couldn't get through it without laughing. <laughs> so I I will say the the books this year though were a little bit more scarce though too. Yeah, like, I I had a hard time did, finding like recent like Marvel and DC always do their. I didn't even see a Marvel one this year though. There, I thought there was. Well, maybe not. I thought I saw that there was one. Maybe it came out a couple weeks ago, and then I yeah. must have missed it. Then I could like, be wrong. Maybe they just put out a list. I I found you know two which always come out um, that I'll talk about. Grim Fairy Tales always has something, and then as well as DC. But again, Marvel was one that I thought. So with what you're bringing to the table today, at least we have a another one. But that's about. It. Yeah, yeah. And so I even I write a couple other books because I'm like, God, these aren't Christmas, but damn, that was pretty good. Gotta stick them in somehow. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna just ruin the theme of making it all Christmas. Why don't you do non-Christmas first, and then we'll finish up with Christmas. Okay. Get, get your non-Christmas shit out of the way. Well, one of them will be boozing a book, so I have to do that. Oh. I don't oh. have to do that later either. No, you could do it right now. Okay. If you want. I mean, does this show have a format that I'm unaware of? <laughs> we used to. <laughs> yeah, it's been like five years since that happened. <laughs> uh, and this actually, well, so this one actually goes to a brief discussion we had uh, the other week. Uh, Lock and Key uh, in Pale Battalions Go. I'd mentioned it because when I was talking about the Sandman Lock and Key crossover, I'm like, they still haven't released this third one of this series and then sure enough here, here it, it is comes. and i forget you've read lock and key or no, you haven't i just saw the show so, okay but you then you have more awareness of the keys and what they yeah. do and they're different magical keys and so this takes place not in the main story arc and i forget uh, the names of all the kids and everything of the first lock and key this takes like in the past World War II-ish mm. time anyways. And so some other of the Locke families beforehand, because this house has been around for forever and the keys have been there, introducing some actually some new keys, which is always great, because that was a cool thing with the original series. When you reveal the different key and what it can do, you're like, oh, that's a new superpower that you can have. Uh, ultimately, though, this was just great in its presentation of it wasn't retconning, it wasn't anything, it was just another story in this timeline of this this series. Right. But it does directly tie into actually what's going to be happening in the, the Sandman crossover with, at the end, uh, the the son, Jack, pretty much kills himself, and they, they have a magic mailbox with a key that you can get, like, a letter from whatever you need or, or to hear from anyone that you, you want to, and it was a a parchment that was partially on fire that was a letter to the dad saying yep I'm in hell mm. and I'm, I'm like and they'd said dream a couple times like in your dreams or this and that I'm like are they just saying that because it's a thing to say or are they 
specifically saying dream as in Sandman universe dream. And it clearly was, it said, you know, continued, uh, you know, for more uh, of this in those. So I was like, cool, I'm so happy. Things coming together. Damn it, this isn't a Christmas story, so I can't <laughs> talk about it. But let's get it out of the way now. The other one is Challenge of the Super Sons, which follows. And I, whenever I say that, I think of Challenge of the Gobots. I mean, I don't. Well, it's because you probably didn't like the GoBots. <laughs> I didn't personally like the GoBots, but Challenge of the GoBots is the correct title of the show of oh, GoBots. it is. Yeah, and the series and everything. I did not know that. The more you know. Yeah. You'll never use that in your life <laughs> yeah, ever. I mean. Except for that one trivia night. Yeah, but. maybe if like I'm on Jeopardy for some reason. It's <laughs> the real title of the knockoff Transformers show. <laughs> but anyways, Take that, Ken Jenny. <laughs> So, like I said, this is not a Christmas story, but it is a coming-of-age story. <laughs> not even really that. It's ultimately having, uh, I feel like, the best versions of Batman and Superman. Or, wait, there are distinct uh, things that they are. A Robin and a Superboy. Mm -hmm. Who will eventually grow up to be their fathers. But Jonathan Kent, as well as uh, Damian Wayne, who... All their adventures I've enjoyed because it's a fresh take. They're not like their fathers, but they kind of are. Plus, I just love Damien because he's an assassin. He's a young assassin. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mind killing right. people. Right. And very not a, what his father would, would want. Right. He's always trying to make sure that his kid doesn't kill things. And he's just like, I don't care. It's like, fun to be yeah. the parent of a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> this story opens up with the future and not sure why but we then get to what seems like grandkids or something reading some of the past adventures so i may this might be the narrative setting to come up with some of these different stories uh which then in a way i guess doesn't need to be tied into some continuity that's happening now because when reading these stories it could happen a couple years from now or this or that so the time line wise i guess that is a kind of smart narrative piece to to go about it i don't know but anyways it shows them in in school it shows uh jonathan trying to you know break this uh story and this is the one part where i'm like a little cringe like okay you're trying to be just like your dad and i mean but what little like honestly though right your dad was a plumber right yeah so there was never a point when you were like a little boy that you were like, I want to be like my dad when I grow up. Not really, because I thought plumbers just fix toilets and they're shitting toilets and didn't realize there's other things to do. Now, granted, nothing against plumbers. and No, it's they're... an amazing, like, yeah. man, I would rather be an electrician than a plumber because, like, if I fuck up electricity, yeah, I could start a house on fire. But water damage is something you do not want to mess with. I like... You can let, but you don't think of instant death. Like, no. Because I'm pretty sure it's safer to be a plumber. Yeah, but like you could really fuck up the structural integrity of a house over time. True. <laughs> Wait. You're still saying that water damage instead of an instant fire that could totally burn down the house. Well, a fire burns down the house. I mean, granted, you don't want an electrician to burn down your house. But if a fire burns down your house, then your house is damaged and done, and then you. Oh, collect insurance and right. that. Right. 
Whereas, like, a plumber could fucking not tighten a thing in your wall tight enough, and water slowly okay. trickles down your wall over time, and then before you know it, you have fucking mold, black mold, and <laughs> you have to pay to get abatement, or fucking replace all the studs in your house. I don't know. It's Is this not- like a glimpse into your mind of how life works? Like, I'd rather just have it end uh, yes. than a slow <laughs> creep yes. towards death. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, anyways, back to the boys. <laughs> Going with just like their fathers, Damien's already solved the case and knows mm. that it's a TA selling the old test to kids and of course that causes some tension with Jonathan be like why did you withhold that and he's just like well you know whatever I am the greatest detective and everything and like I said I cringed a little bit of like that is too cheesy but then again I'm like this actually felt right you know that he is just like his dad and I think the only thing is that because who wants to be on a school newspaper and even Damien kind of says you know newspapers are dying right (laughs) And okay, good point that they make. But ultimately, they're they're leaving and the school because after hours. And then of course, Damien goes, "I need you know." And can you please like they got in that small little tiff? And, and of course, then Jonathan's like, "Sure." And I'm like, "You're kind of curious. What's he gonna do?" Well, he uh, Jonathan can fly, but Damien obviously can't. And so if they're gonna go on their patrols, well. He needs to kind of be carried or fly on him, or as what is shown, he's just kind of flying on his back like a surfboard. Actually, prior to that, I feel like that's the less, the least sort of like awkward position you could get into with two boys, though. Like because the other option is that like you're laying on him, mm-hmm. or he's you're laying under him and he's holding you, or like I guess he could carry you, like. A baby, or he could like hold you under your armpits, and then you're just dangling there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to me, that makes perfect sense. Now, what I liked prior to them going on this patrol is they went to an alleyway and changed, and you know, of course, Damon does the pulls off his shirt, rips it off, and underneath it is his Robin costume, and then see Jonathan slowly unbuttoning and. The, the you know what happens is well my dad said I'm gonna have to sew the buttons back on if I keep ripping these shirts and he's also like I'm not a gazillionaire like you are to just afford shirts and I'm like Depends new shirts it brought up a good point of like thinking or have an Alfred wait yeah yeah do they have an Alfred still no okay he's still gone well, that's a bummer yes but I don't know I just thought that's, that's just such funny. a point that I've never really thought of you think that they would have created like um Velcro. shirt that velcros but it still has a button so it looks like there's buttons mm-hmm. there right so the so you aren't walking around with a velcro shirt and people are like what the fuck's up with your shirt well or <laughs> in the case of do you really need to do that because who are it's a cool reveal like are well, these the world's thickest white shirts too because they both wear dark uniforms there's mm-hmm. no way with a normal white man's dress shirt not a white man's dress shirt a white men's dress shirt <laughs> <laughs> That you wouldn't be able to see that shit. Yeah. Through the shirt. <laughs> what? What? I, I mean, there's probably a whole episode we could do on the ripping of <laughs> Superman shirt and the dynamics of it. But what I loved about them being on patrol is there's nothing going on. They're just like, oh, this sucks. 
So then they decide, let's let's just go, or uh, and even they're in uh, Metropolis uh, because Damien even says, "I want to go to Gotham." And this is one thing I actually don't know about the boys that I probably should look into it. Yeah, I don't think Damien is in Gotham right now. I think he was sent to live with mm. uh, Superman right now. Which school. would make some sense because he's not shown up so much in those books. Yeah. I mean, I guess, though, neither Jonathan doesn't really show up so much in the Superman books. Well, there's but a lot offer to take, take care of him. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true, too. I mean, who's taking care of him? Obviously, I mean, his... Clark and Lois now, but... Yeah, but, like, his dad's always off, and where's... I mean, where's his mom? Is she dead? Well, I think also, too, it's... <laughs> again, this goes to... DC sometimes writing themselves in a corner of just their bad guys being specifically for that area's creation. Right. Let's say you have Superboy and Robin here in Gotham. You have a Superboy. He's going to annihilate most of the baddies just like Superman would be in there. Where in Metropolis world, you have a lot more super-powered ones mm-hmm. take on Superman you have a Superman, but you can still have a, a Batman slash Robin uh, here as well to kind of... So I think it makes more sense to be in Metropolis, but that's just a side note. They ultimately go to help a lady bring in her groceries, and Aww. it is just like... That's cute. This is, a, a, like I said, kind of jokingly a day in the life of, but this kind of was... Um, and I keep using that a lot in this podcast, a day in the life, and that's not even really what that means, but... They help them bring in groceries, and then, of course, uh, Jonathan's pissed that Damien uh, asked for a tip, and he's like, I didn't ask for a tip, she gave it to me. He's just like, you are rich. Why do you need a tip That's for helping this That's how the lady? rich got rich, baby. That's what, that's what Damien says. The Waynes didn't make their money by giving it away. It's just like... I'm like, okay, this is yeah. this is some pretty good dialogue, and I'm liking it. And then a big bad shows up, and then I'm not going to get too much into what else happens, but it sold me on this story. And I'm, yes, I've really enjoyed a lot more anything that they've been in the last couple years. After, but first, I'm just like, okay, this is kid versions of their mm-hmm. parents, and mm-hmm. like I said, there's some you know, kind of cross uh, things that are true, but they're their own characters, and it's, I don't know, it's just a lot more fun, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Especially not having, like, that goody-two-shoes Clark Kent. You don't think his son is just as much of a goody-two-shoes? I do, but I think Damien is a good influence on making him not so Ah, goody-two-shoes. And that's the key part. If it was just following Jonathan... I'd probably be like, I don't like it. I'm, I would love Damien. That's pretty yeah. much, he's one of my favorites. Which is funny because he was such a fucking little cunt when he was first introduced. But that's, all, I mean, yes. But I like that about him. Yeah. I don't know you why. Like speak, he like, listen, I would much rather have Jonathan as my child than Damien. Oh, I'm not saying that's what I'd par- want. From a parental perspective. But from a character <laughs> who has some nuance, I like that Damien is just kind of like a fuck you guys, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, He's a spoiled rich brat. I mean that, but he doesn't always act what, what even yes he does, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, he knows what's up. Uh, and we almost forgot the booze. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't there, a, little is bit there a beverage to go with this? Uh, in this Christmas special that we haven't <laughs> even talked about Christmas things, uh, we're going to pair this with a 
was it a rum and coke float? Yes. Ah, oh, delicious. Which is pretty much as it sounds: rum and coke, and add ice cream. Yeah. So it's a coke float, and then you throw some rum in it, which makes it adult. Um, <laughs> so while these children could have a coke float, uh, you should definitely add rum to yours whilst reading this. It makes Damien bearable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess I'll quick uh, do one more, and then you can jump on in with your Christmas one. Okay. So, DC's Very Merry Multiverse, number one. Is I mean, that my man? Yes, this is Lobo, um, which is a great uh, story of itself. But the two that I always love, I mean, there's a Harley Quinn one. There's, like, two different Batmans. There's one that's a Batman Beyond one. Because um, in these, you know, giant 80-page issues that they do... This, they always do a summer one, mm-hmm. and randomly else. You can never fail with having some multiple short stories. Sure. Well, there's uh, two, and, and the ones I love is Bizarro the most. And there's two Bizarro stories oh. in here, which made me happy. And and actually, no, I also kind of want to talk about the Booster Gold one, too. Uh, the first one had a world where it wasn't Bizarro World, but it was a different universe, where the Superman came up with uh, a holiday where they even explain how hard it is to come up with a holiday, uh, let alone have it happen. But it's a two-day holiday where everyone has these tokens throughout the year. And the first is a day of giving. You put these tokens in this giant you know, box, mm-hmm. kind of globe thing. And then the next day is everyone gets a new token back so you got something from someone randomly over around the world are they all the same tokens yes it didn't go into too much of what sounds boring (laughs) it's not about the actual giving and receiving it's about being connected to one another oh okay (laughs) like if we had in our world i could get some randomly from someone across the world when it's redistribute redistributed redistribute yeah that's right okay Distributed, redistributed. Yes, that's the way to say it. And Locking me up over here. <laughs> and so some of the people in this world, uh, you know, giving, or the superheroes kind of dispersed it the next day. And so again, this was a holiday that Superman wanted to bring the world together. And just kind of the explaining it, I'm still kind of thinking, well, where the hell is Bizarro at? Well, then of course Bizarro comes because Bizarro, you know, he wants to take on the day that you're supposed to give and give on the day you're supposed to take, right? No, he just never has ever gotten oh. anything. Oh. I'm going to say everything in real world speak because, again, the reason why I love reading anything with Bizarro is that I get two comics in one because I read it how it's written and then I have to read it again to interpret it how it's supposed to mean. And that's what I love about Bizarro and his weird speak. And ultimately, he's upset that you know he's never gotten anything so he pretty much is going to ruin it all until this little girl kind of almost like the grinch um mm. you know gives him and his heart her grows token and three sizes that day. and then he's happy and even what i really liked is how he's he's going through saying how uh me uh me hate christmas and she's just like saying is that sarcasm like you know, because I've heard, uh, Mom says when, when beans are sarcastic, uh, they can get into trouble sometimes because you think you know what they mean, but really mean the opposite. And it's like, that's exactly what every book with Bizarro is. Mm-hmm. And and so, like I said, she's like, you know, you look like you need a present, here you go, and save the merry day. 
But the other Bizarro story was in Bizarro World, which you know what their world looks like, right? Um, it's not it's, a sphere. It's a giant cube. Right. The Earth. And it's, it's Bizarro actually wanting to give. Now, granted, when he says, I hate things, it means he loves them. It, right. He's not just an evil character. It's just they say things that seem weird. And so he is trying to give to people and he's even saying some things where I'm like that doesn't make sense because he's saying you know uh, I'm giving to you and I'm thinking that's not the correct word but maybe sometimes in their linguistic ways Mm -hmm. saying you know give me or receiving ultimately he didn't seem exactly like a bizarro and there was a little bit of a nuance why that they reveal at the end but of course this one what I like more is it has more of the bizarro people bat bizarro and flash zaro do they all speak so yeah they all speak in the weird i think it's funny that instead of just being like this is backwards world they're like it's bizarro world it really it's just everything is backwards right yes and some things are twisted and yeah yeah they're not yeah like he is a superhero in this world mm-hmm but they would call him a supervillain because right backwards sure but not in the sense of who they are but of course you do have like a flash who is just very slow and fat and has not left his couch in forever yeah. type thing so you have a little bit so of So this those... is our planet. No, this is Bizarro's planet. <laughs> no, no, I know. Oh. I was making a commentary. Oh. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so like I said what he's doing is he's going around, he gives, you know, Flash some boots, he gives Batman a new Batman mobile, which is just a truck with square, I didn't even realize this the first time reading it, square tires that he spray painted a bat on, gives the uh, Wonder Woman a visible plane, <laughs> puts Hawk Hawkman into a bird cage, and just like I said, this is him trying to give until... And this is where it gets a little bit off the rails, which how you get off the rails with the Bizarro comic story is uh, a person called Xanta of the Intergalactic Santa Corps. <laughs> so this is Bizarro versions. And that's where it just gets weirder. But this was a long fucking story. And this whole uh, 80 pages of everything, this was, I think, a good 10 pages or wow. so where some of them are just a couple I really liked it. Um, again, it's one of those, you know, at the end, you know, I I hate Christmas. Oh, actually, the, there was one part in here where when he's trying to create, you know, Yuletide cheer, um, trying to, uh, you know, sing, tis the season to be miserable. Ah, 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 ga, 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 ga. And then you have people in the crowd go, uh, they am great. Um, make them stop. R keep singing. Uh, am getting migraine. I love it. <laughs> so obviously, opposite of saying yeah, keep loving it and everything. But yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the booster gold one. And like I said, there's so many different ones in here. What I really enjoyed about that one, which at first I just wasn't too thrilled in it. He was at a restaurant. Um, you know, there's people just having their Christmas dinners, and he's helped serving with some mm. of. Uh, yes, but we all know Booster Gold doesn't do anything 
for the, just the goodwill of it. <laughs> That's again where I'm just like, what's going on here? Until right. someone breaks it, uh, comes in and is going to start, you know, blasting up the place. So him and uh, the rest of his team pretty much thwart uh, this bad guy and ultimately save the day. And so at the end, you know, everyone is merry time and great and cool Christmas experience. So then at the end, you see Booster sitting with with the bad guy and him just saying, you know, you know, so why did you call me to come play the villain anyway? It seems like, you know, it was all under control mm. of like how good it was. And he just goes, you know, tis the season of giving. And I thought I'd give them a shot at the big time for his. Uh, superhero friends and plus the customers paid an extra charge on their bills for the performance merry christmas to me wow and i go that wow yeah wow that is a very booster gold yeah. sort of story so it's one of those didn't sell me until that very end yeah. like okay that was a worthy was one to talk about i again i do love booster gold too i know he's <laughs> such a dick I don't know why, but I guess I like the characters that are just assholes. I guess. So, yeah, so that was this book. I have one other book that's Christmas-related that I will briefly talk about, but what did you find? Um, so the, the I read two. I read a recent one, and then I read one from a couple years ago. So um, the recent one was the Archie Holiday Spectacular for 2020. Um, and I don't usually read Archie, but I did read Archie growing up, and it—I mean, they're—they're they're the exact same comics, right? Nothing has changed except they've modernized them a little bit. Yeah. So yes. it's like if you Betty read and Veronica still fighting over oh him. Oh my god, and... it's insane! And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about in this is like, so the first story is, you know, it's funny because it's a two-part story. And it's literally part one, and then part two is right after that. So I don't know why they split it up into two parts. It almost felt like it was meant to have, like, a commercial in between <laughs> it. <laughs> but this guy, like, they're going to get a Christmas tree, and all the Christmas trees are gone. Somebody's bought up all the Christmas trees. And then you find out that it's um, this guy named H.M. Bug. Get it? Humbug. <laughs> um, who's... Bought all the Christmas trees so that he can make toothpicks because he hates Christmas so much because his daddy was rich but only bought him practical Christmas presents. And he wanted a toy one year and his dad got him a, a sweater instead. So he hates Christmas and he wants to make everyone else not have Christmas too. And I was like, this is a stretch. <laughs> so, of course, you know, they go find the toy that he wanted and give it to him as a Christmas present and that melts his little frozen heart and he gives the Christmas trees back and all that stuff. So, you know, your very traditional Scrooge sort of story in the Archie world. The kind that makes your teeth hurt after you're done reading it. But, like, it's funny because there's this whole, like, I don't know how Archie gets away with this. Like, he's such a pimp. Like, the girls just, they just don't fucking care that he's, like, all up on everybody's shit. It's not even just Betty and Veronica. Like, he's got Cheryl in there, too. And, like, you know, both Betty and Veronica hate Cheryl. <laughs> and it's and so he... Because he had invited her to come along at some point in time. And it was just such a... It's such a weird dynamic. 
in this universe. Like, it's so wholesome, but, like, if you think about it for too long, you're like, what the fuck is going on in this neighborhood? <laughs> How is this ginger fuck getting all the tail? <laughs> I just was just gonna say that! How? Like, what makes him so wanted? I know. I know. And he's kind of a dick, and I'll get We're to that. We're getting a DC Black Label issue and just have his dong <laughs> hanging out like Batman. There's the reason. Oh my god. Uh, um, the other story. I mean, there's like there's a couple different stories in here, and I don't need to get in all of them because not all of them were all that interesting. I mean, there's one about Jingles the Elf, who must have shown up in previous iterations of Archie because they all seem to know who he is. He had quit working for Santa because of reasons, and he was gonna come work in the real world. And these teenagers are like. <clears throat> This is how I know this is not based on any sort of reality. Like, Archie takes this little magical elf to the diner, right, to hang out with, to see the gang, and they're all like, you quit your job without having another one lined up? That's so irresponsible of you. And what other practical skills do you have? You really think you're going to get a job here? <laughs> like, it's all very, like, teenagers do not think about that sort of shit. No teenager on the planet would be like, what other practical job skills do you have? <laughs> Are you going to find another job? And then <clears throat> uh, the sugar plum fairy shows up and takes the elf's powers away because she's like, you quit. You can't have elf powers anymore. Now you're just a tiny person in this normal world. And he's like, screw that. I'd rather be an elf. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes back to get his powers back. And I'm like, I don't know what the moral of this story is. <laughs> Stay who you are. Never change in life. Oh, man. Um, but the one that, that I don't know if the word enjoyed the most is, but the one that made me think the most is, so Archie orders all these presents for people for Christmas. And they come, and he waits to the last minute, so he's, like, rushing to wrap them so he can deliver them, and his dog's distracting him, so he's like, you're gonna make me mislabel the presents, which he does. He mislabels them, so he goes to Veronica and takes her the present, and Veronica opens it, and it's a bracelet that says Betty on it, so she gets real pissed and throws it <laughs> at him. So he has, here's, this is key, he has the unwrapped bracelet that says Betty on it. So next he goes to Betty's house... And he gives her a wrapped present that has her name on it. And is like, here you oh go. God, and I'm like, you motherfucker, you have the unwrapped bracelet. You know that bracelet's not in there. <laughs> but she gives it, he gives it to her. And it's Cheryl's bracelet. I'm starting to think that he has some mental disorders. And the women don't really like him. They're taking pity on him. Oh, my God. But in his weird, fantastical they ideas of the universe. Him? Yeah. Yeah, because so, was that stupid? So Betty gets pissed and throws it at him, and I'm like, okay, first of all, he's giving all of these chicks the same bracelet, right? So are they just never going to see that they're all wearing the same exact bracelet? Like, and what's also, your plan what, with this? Well, what's his plan for it anyways? Because he doesn't ever choose. I know he because he's. I mean, you know, unless he's really in the off pages, like he's getting him. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, but so both. Um, both Betty and Veronica get pissed and like, he goes back home and he's like, I feel, he's talking to his dog, which makes it a whole nother thing. <laughs> I feel so bad. I messed it up. Um, 
and then you cut to like Betty and Veronica talking to each other and um Veronica's like, you'll never guess what he did. And Betty's like, yes, I can, because you did it to me, too. And they're like, well, maybe we overreacted. And I was like, bitches, you did not. (laughs) (laughs) You did not overreact to that. That is a fucked up thing to do. (laughs) But instead, they just forgave him almost immediately and then bought him a shirt that said Reggie on it. Because, ha, 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 this isn't your name. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... Oh my god, this is completely ridiculous. I don't understand it. And it, I think that's the draw for me to fucking Archie. Because now that I'm like a jaded adult, I read this and I'm like thinking about what's going on outside of the panels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it twists this wholesome sort of Archie thing into like this really twisted off-putting sort of reality. <laughs> Which is probably not. Um, you know, of course. There's only two Archies I've ever heard of really being named Archie in my life. This Archie and Archie Bunker. Yeah. So I wonder if the, he grows up to be... Uh, a racist. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, it's it's a fun little read, especially if, like, you let your... your you tend to let your imagination just kind of run with things. Um, it's infinitely more interesting if you do that. <laughs> I just don't understand. Um, the other one I read really quickly is kind of Christmas related. Um, it's uh, Detective Comics. Let me get the number here real quick. Detective Comics 826. I think this is from a couple years ago. Um... But the subtitle, because, you know, a lot of these issues will have, like, the subtitle, is Slay Ride. And it's spelled (laughs) S-L-A-Y. And the thing that makes this a Christmas story is that it's occurring during... So very much like Die Hard. It's just occurring during Christmas. (laughs) So, like... Robin's out patrolling and he gets himself into a little bit of trouble with like these drug dealers or gang members or something and they're chasing him and he get kind of gets in like a tight spot and a car rolls up and someone from inside the car yells, hey kid, get in. And I'm like, this kid deserves whatever happens to him next. He should know better than to just get into a fucking random ass stranger's car. It was not a Batmobile that rolled up. He has no idea who's on the inside of it. He's a Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he making such poor decisions? <laughs> but anyway, he gets into the car and it's the Joker. Surprise, surprise. Who gasses him. And then Robin wakes up and he's tied to the car seat with like Christmas lights. And Joker is like, hey, buddy. Welcome back. We're going to just drive around and get to know each other better sort of thing, which is a creepy thing for an adult to say to a child. <laughs> um, but he's like, I'll let you go in a little bit. Don't worry. I just wanted to help you out in the spirit of the holiday sort of thing. And uh, Robin's got this whole inner monologue going on that's basically like, this guy's full of shit. I know that he's not going to let me go sort of thing. And he turns around and he sees, well, the Joker hit somebody with his car and then hits another person with his car, and then hits a bunch of other people with his car. And he's calling 911 and and reporting it. (laughs) 
like, hey, I would like to report a hit and run on this corner. Oh, I actually mean this corner. Oh, this corner too. While he's on the phone with 911. <laughs> and Robin's looking back and he looks back to see the people that got hit and he notices that the owners of the car that they're in are in the backseat dead. Right? And he's going through this whole monologue in his head about how they probably have kids because it's a minivan or whatever and there's two of them and there's presents and stuff back there. So it's a real uh, heartwarming tale. Um, and at one point, Joker threatens to run over Santa Claus and Robin wins Joker over by quoting the Marx Brothers and he gets Joker to not hit Santa Claus and all these little kids by quoting Marx Brothers. Um, and I was like, that does seem like a very Joker thing, right? For him to make a decision based on someone being able to quote a yeah a movie to very him. chaotic yeah and... yeah and you know it ends in the very sort of traditional way that these stories end where uh robin escapes and beats the shit out of joker and then they <laughs> joker falls off the edge of a bridge and then batman shows up but and the police show up but then of course the joker's gone sort of thing and Batman's like, you did it, Robin. You did it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it kind of ends. And, um, which was enjoyable. My favorite part of this whole thing, though, is he rolls up to, like, a McDonald's. To, and it's not McDonald's, but it is McDonald's. Because um, he's going to get an eggnog shake. And I think McDonald's is the only one that sells those. Um, plus, there's a little clown thing that they're ordering from... And he starts ordering all this stuff, and the person on the other end is like, sir, you have to slow down, I can't get your order, blah, blah, blah. Somebody keeps ordering. And he rolls up to the window, and the girl's like, I didn't get any of that. And he goes on this crazy rant at her about how it's not his fault, she's incompetent. Jeez. So it's like the kind of thing you see people post today yeah, on YouTube. Our essential workers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. It was crazy because I was like, oh, I, I can picture this happening in real life sort of thing. Except this ended with him shooting her manager instead of her because he trained her poorly. But so, you know, it was a fun little Christmas story. Made me get into the spirit of the holiday. The, the yelling, the death, the hit and runs. <laughs> I was going to say, I have one more with, with, with even more deaths, I would feel. Uh, so it's Grim Fairy Tales uh, 2020 Holiday Special. Now, I'm I'm reading Bell when those uh, issues come out, and there's a handful of other ones. You know that they have. They always have the twist of you know something different from the legends that we've heard or the mm -hmm. Disney stories and everything. And I haven't read a lot, but whenever these you know again these specials come out. I tend to pick it up. It gives me a brief uh, overview of some of these other stories and maybe might hook me on to following them down the road. So I thought that's what this was going to be. This is not. There is a character in this who I don't want to give the name away because if it is some recurring character, people would know. I've never heard of her before in any of the other pages of the books that I've read. But it starts off just saying, you know, as the holidays approach, Grim Fairy Tales, you know, is going to do their normal thing. And in this story, you know, 
uh, a responsible party uh, that got away with the crime, or so they thought, um, is you know going to have this vengeful spirit come along. And it starts off with you know chapter one, and it goes about well a year ago what happened, and it's a couple different stories of these different people. And you don't know how it all ties together until the very end uh, when this person comes about. But these stories are pretty dark. I felt like even more so than some of the Grim Fairy Tales books that I've read. And I'll just say off the bat, the first one I really loved uh, with this guy who pretty much uh, was going to, you know, his wife, I believe, died. And... You know, he kind of, like, talks to her, you know, feels that she's there. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, she likes um, Christmas and everything. So, he's going to decorate his house with everything because that's what she liked. And then someone keeps fucking up with that. And either the lights go missing or no. then all the decorations go missing. Um, or, you know, shit comes in. And, uh, you know, you're feeling for this person, but you're also, like... Is this one of those people that did this? He's going to get his comeuppance? Mm -hmm. And then when he does, again, with all these stories in here, it's kind of gruesome how they pretty much die. Mm. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say of the the stories. Uh, Each one, like I said, follows a different person and how they all tie to this first uh, quick uh, interlude of this death that they found. And yeah. Again, very good. I highly recommend this, so I don't even want to talk about it more to spoil anything else because, again, it's talking about each of their little mini-stories within here that ties all up together. But I was a little surprised that it didn't have, you know, some of the other heroin um, creations that Grimm usually would have in these. And, yeah, that's, that's what I have for... For Christmas? Yes. Except for one other thing that I love bringing up. Uh, all the time around this time of year is Santa Claus. And we've been talking a lot about X-Men books, but do you know that Santa Claus is the most powerful mutant? Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before. I know, we've talked about it last year because I like bring it up every year. I feel like we just talked about this recently. Did we? I feel like we did. Maybe we did. Well, we've talked a lot about mutants in particular. It might have just been a passing comment, though. Yeah. So there's a, a couple things out there on the internet that people can find, but ultimately, back in 1991, uh, Marvel Holiday Special, uh, they established that Santa is a mutant. Mm-hmm. And not only a mutant, but Cerebro said the most powerful mutant. And as the story goes, when the X-Men show up to a place, then they don't see any mutants, but they find you know Santa Claus, and it's like, oh, this must be the person. Now... He's shown up multiple different times. Uh, Always without a shirt on, it seems. Well, oh, and that that one picture. <laughs> There's a couple different pictures of him without a shirt on. Well, that's that's one of the things that that makes him such a powerful mutant. So, he uh, he has the. All right, let's look at it. He has telekinesis. Um, he has, you know, weather manipulation on a global scale. He has, he can change his appearance to look at, like, you know, there's other versions of Saint Nick and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can pretty much teleport. Uh, he can stop time. Uh, he pretty much uh, is immune to, you know, cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
there's there's a lot that goes into like his powers to explain how he does what he does on that one night a year. And with that being said, you know, having any bad guys come up against him, he could probably hold his own and do whatever, but good thing he just cares about giving away presents. Right. But it's just that small fact that I, I love, especially with all that we've been talking about, Hickman's X-Books. Like, it'd be cool if there's a new story, because seldom has he shown up in any of the books. Uh, there's right. a handful of them that he has, and, of course, he saves the day like any comic books would have Santa showing up. But it's that particular Marvel spin that instead of making him just a mythical being like all other universes typically do, let's explain it in-house and just say that he's a mutant mm-hmm. that is immortal and immune to everything. And Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. It says, I'm reading a little blurb here that says he's even worn the Infinity Gauntlet in the past. It'd be an interesting storyline to read. <laughs> See what he did with that sort of power. I go, although it, it, I wonder. I mean, it would make sense. All the shit that he does is very much like an Infinity Gauntlet sort of power set. Yeah. Well, it's it's just kind of plot armor. Like whatever yeah. you want to do, you can do it. Yeah. Except for making more PS fives. <laughs> Somehow Santa doesn't. <laughs> Know how to make up that I production. I, I will never understand. Like, I I get why they do it, because then it jacks the price up on things and, like, creates this sort of false scarcity that makes people want them more. Yep. But, like, who buys the first version of a system anyway? It's always buggy, even if they've spent years making it. Like, remember when the PS4s came out and they would set on fire? Was it PS4s? There was one of those systems that came out, and they would spontaneously burst into flames from the first generation. I don't remember that, but... <laughs> so, like... But as you said, though, I typically wait a year to... Yeah, for the price to come down. Yeah, a little bit, and actually have them around and... Yeah. Not, I mean, we usually don't buy a new system until a game has come out that, like, we need the new system mm-hmm. to play it. Because generally when a new system comes out, there's very few games that aren't cross between the old and the new. And there's a ton, like, if you heard, if you've never played it before, it's a new game to you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be new this year in order to play things. And there's a hundred of games Mm -hmm. that I still have not played, haven't had time. Some of them that are a couple years old that I kind of asked for Christmas. Yeah, they're cheaper now, too. Yeah, so it's even better. Yeah, frugality, people. But as you were saying about bugginess, a game that I originally was interested mm, in. Me too. But I'm so glad I didn't jump mm-hmm. on that hype train. Me too. Uh, Cyberpunk yeah. has been recalled. Awesome. And that's not the only thing that's being recalled because fuck this damn computer. <laughs> <laughs> if people in the real world would know the troubles we have sometimes of recording things. Yeah. I feel uh, like I don't even want to do that whole conversation again. Oh, we're not. We're just going to leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Cyberpunk's being recalled. Some of the shareholders are suing. Nintendo's the best. Yes. That's the redux of that whole 10-minute conversation. <laughs> he just lost to E3 the ether. E3 sucks. <laughs> we there saw you it. have it. Yeah. The curated version of our conversation, which probably in hindsight is the better way to deliver our thoughts. <laughs> In hindsight. <laughs> Just record a whole episode <laughs> and then re-listen. Cut down for time. 
<laughs> Why can we say this in one sentence that we said in five minutes? <laughs> well, going on to other things that we talked about, but I do want to re-mention this. Um, there's been some rumors that uh, Sam Ramy has been part of the reason. I really wish his last name was pronounced Ramy, but it's Ramy. <laughs> Damn it, I'm about to read. Did I not say Ramy? You said Ramy. Oh. Which was fun, but not his last Sam, name. Sam Ram. That's probably, I was <laughs> yeah. going with the alliteration and I didn't even notice. Sam Ramy is the porn version of Sam Ramy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Linz? We're going to have to totally record this. <laughs> Sam Ramy with ramen, ramen noodles. <laughs> Anyways, good old boy Sam uh, talking to uh, previous co-stars and everything. Uh, it's been sounding like he's part of the reason of all these characters coming back together. Obviously, Marvel has the idea for doing this Spider-Verse movie. Mm -hmm. But before that gets in development, you kind of need to have some key players coming back. Mm -hmm. And to each actor, you know, they may not want to join again in a Marvel universe. Okay, personally, I would... This is my dream to ever be a superhero. But there is, like, some rigorous, like, things you need to go through. Like, to look like Chris Evans for the Super Soldier... He had to go through a lot of diet. Fair. Thor recently. They have a million bajillion dollars each now, though. I, One. True. Two. They're in great shape. It's some, a lot of people need motivation. Yeah. You know, that's a good motivator. Uh, for these people specifically, like, you were in a Sony Spider-Man movie, and now you have a chance to be in, like, a Marvel Spider-Man movie? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Why? It was. It's like... A GoBot gets the opportunity to become a Transformer to kind of roll things back around <laughs> to our GoBot conversation. <laughs> so I just, like, I guess there's some people who are coming back who are big enough stars who could, like Jamie Foxx, who can be like, no, I'm never going to do that again. I didn't like it the first time around. I'm not going to do it. This time. Yeah. He wasn't even in a Sam Raimi when he was in the second set, but... <clears throat> I'm glad the people that are saying yes are saying yes. Oh, for sure. It, and I think now that that ball has started rolling down that hill more and more, just yeah. like, I can't not be part of this now. Right. Because then they I'm would I'm going to be that like, asshole. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, exci- I'm so excited. I'm getting more excited. Even when we, we knew the rumors and kind of where it was going, more and more, though, it's just picking up, like I said, that steam that it's really feeling like, it's yeah. going to be a great one. So. And all the Spider-Man movies have been great. Yeah. In the Marvel Universe, the at least these ones, but even all those other ones, too. I enjoyed Most the Most of them Andrew, were good. Which, besides strutting down the street, which was just... I didn't enjoy the, the shoehorning of too many villains into that one, either. Like, oh. Yeah. It, I, you, they got the real opportunity to do a Venom storyline. And first of all, Topher Grace, come on. Come on! Seriously? But second of all, like, we didn't also need... Well, you know the reason why it's Topher Grace, though, right? Because it was... They tried to, instead of having the big, you know, jock-type stereotype, mm-hmm. they wanted it to be a dual opposite of Peter. Yeah, but, okay. So Topher, so Topher and, Grace? And, 
I mean, I guess that's what they thought was the opposite of Tobey Maguire, but... Okay, well, whatever. I mean, I loved Topher Grace in that 70s show. That doesn't mean I want him as... As Venom. As Venom. Um, especially, oh God, when they would pull back the symbiote and you would see his face sticking out of it. I'm like, now I'm completely out of it. Okay, yes. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, that cat, I guess I just have blocked it in yeah. my memory. So, so that I movie think... would like, I think the, the idea that there was like a, it was, it's like X-Men 3, right? So at the end of X-Men 2, you see the phoenix in the water. Right after Jean sacrifices mm-hmm. herself, and you're like, "Holy fuck, they're gonna do the Phoenix storyline next!" And then they do it, and you're like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "Oh my god, they're doing Venom!" And then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh my god, fuck you guys!" Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's my no three. But I will give you the rest of them. They were all perfectly decent, <laughs> good movies. So. Um, another thing coming out from Marvel is it's been, um, I guess confirmed that the She-Hulk, uh, show. It's going to be Allie McBeal. Oh, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, that is pretty much what it's going to be. I was hoping that's the way they were going to go. Half hour legal comedy. Yeah. I am okay with that. I do like anything comedy. I just don't want it to be, I always think whenever comedy, I think of the, like that Seinfeld, mm. like, and then show them like Kramer just running in and like audience clapping, like yay! Like, right. I don't want sick. I guess yeah, it doesn't need to be sick. No, type. no, and that and you're entirely right. If they're doing like the three wall sort of live studio audience version of a which comedy, which WandaVision is doing some of that in some of the scenes, which that's cool for what they're doing. Right. I just don't want a She-Hulk. Right. If this is a. Um... More like uh, the practice. If it's like an Ally McBeal sort of like cameras in in you're just following these people around sort of thing, then yes, I could totally see that. But yeah, no having having a, a <laughs> I think live studio audiences are terrible. I don't under, ever understand why they were used to begin with. Like I watch a show now that has a live studio audience, and I'm like, this is trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear other people fucking laughing over the goddamn plot of the television show. Shut that shit down. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> um, one other thing from Marvel uh, involving Star-Lord is he is bi. Well, yeah, says maybe. Says them. Says somebody. Um, so in, a re- in the recent storyline of Guardians of the Galaxy... Um, Peter used the elemental gun to get rid of the new Olympians, but then that teleported him to a mysterious new land called Morinus. Morinus? Morinus. It's a city on the back of a fucking turtle. Okay. (laughs) Which is so ridiculous. Um, (laughs) But he's there for, like, hundreds of years, so obviously he's in, like, a different sort of time stream, Mm because he's not aging. Or he's aging very slowly. Um, But when he gets there, he meets this couple, and they're all like, hey, guy, let's make this couple a thruple. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I got a lady. I got a green lady back in in my reality. Uh, But then he's there so long that he's just like, fuck it. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, literally. And it seems like it's not like... uh, you're going to hook up with your lady, and then I'm going to hook up with your lady. Back and forth sort of thing. It's literally like a, 
everybody's involved in the situation with all parties. Yeah, and that doesn't make one buy. It makes no. them, was it uh, polyamorous? Yes. Well, if you're ha- it, if so, yes, and also buy if you're having sex with a male and a female. Yeah. You're right. bisexual. Um, but my argument is, like, Peter's hooking up with, like, all kinds of aliens. Tentacle things. Like, and, and you can't, so, their sexuality and their gender is not human. It's something completely different. Yeah. So you can't just be like, just because she's the female version of whatever race she is. And there's plenty of more that we can talk about this that maybe we will in the off things, <sighs> but I hate my computer. <laughs> This is not a Christmas miracle for this episode. No. I feel like somebody's really scrooging us hard right now. Santa, bring me a new uh, computer because this one's dying again. And I've I've already gone through multiple computers. You need a much better one. In this uh, show. We need to do a GoFundMe for a new mixer and a laptop. (laughs) Very much so (laughs) because today has had multiple problems. I know. And I got real like... I got real, like, into it. We had some of the best content ever. No, and it's just lost forever now. It was gold. Like, anyone who would have listened to that tiny bit of content we just lost would have, like, thrown money at us. It was such engaging and informative and, like, exciting uh, conversation. Uh, Would you like to at least tell us about uh, Free Comic Book Day? Yes, it's been moved to August (laughs) <laughs> you have nothing more to talk about that it was in may that because of covid they're moving it back to august because you know may is not soon enough for everything to be kind of back to normal so i think you did have one good point that we're right wrapping up with it so oh yes it, just you know comic book stores have had a hard time this year and i know that um, for free comic book day, like the comics are free to us, but they're not free to the comic book stores. They have to buy that shit. So if you are not, uh, if you're going to free comic book day just to get free comics and you're not like a person that reads comics all the time or frequents this comic book store, like you should buy something else from them. You know, I mean, they spent money to bring you in, you know, go buy it. Go buy another $4 comic. It's $4. It's just $4. Throw them some money. <laughs> Um, that's all you have? That's uh, all I have. I, I don't think anything else happened this week. No, I mean, We don't need nothing. to talk about the, the Mandalorian no. at mm, all. It was super boring. Nothing yeah. happened in it. God, man, that... I mean, wow. Yeah. Just wow. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Uh, we are going to quick say, don't listen to the rest of this episode, because we are going to go on a little bit of a holy shit talking we're about gonna, it. We're going to suck some John Favreau dick right now. So, so. with that, uh, <laughs> those who haven't watched it yet, stay thirsty for, I guess, listening to the podcast in whole when you watch it. <laughs> yes. But uh, for everyone else, uh, let's get into it. I just don't know what to say. I, like, I literally cried a little bit. Oh, I cried a not, lot of it. Not so much... There's two big things that I think felt happened in this episode. Actually, three that I really liked and I pointed out while watching it. One was, I love the practical effects they've been doing mm-hmm. with this series. And when they have to use CGI, it, it seems 
flawless. Not necessarily flawless, but really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they? Not the Death Troopers? I forget what they're called. The no, giant. I, I think they're Death Troopers. Yeah, you're right. Those are badass. They and that... look like Iron Men and Cylons had a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Cylon is probably the best thing that I was imagining. Like, they remind me of something. Mm-hmm. That battle between them and Mando. Yeah. Just the one-on-one and how tough they were was just like... I was yelling at him the whole time. I was like, use your fucking spear. Use your spear. Use your spear. Why aren't you using your spear? Go get your spear. I bet you you can just stab right through them with that fucking unpenetrable metal. (laughs) (laughs) It just... It it gave a sense of like, wow. There is... Like, he could really lose this. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch more. And then when they just got sucked out in the airbend, I was like, ha! And then... Wait, though, they're robots. They're yeah. probably going to come back. They got jets on their feet. Yeah, so, <laughs> but even at that moment, I didn't think of it until later. Now, the rest of the episode had some good parts, but really, we're going to get to the end of it. When when they showed the ship a ship coming, and okay. you didn't see what kind of ship. Let's build into it, though, right? So, the reason why this is important is because they are... So they, so he defeated Moff Gideon, right? And they're all in the um, bridge. Yeah. And the Death Troopers have returned, and they're trying to beat down the door. And you just see this. And, and there's some great dialogue from Moff talking about what Mando has. Who you know? Again, we're talking about all this anyways. Getting the the dark saber mm-hmm. and what that means. And I'm just like thinking that is some super villain backup plan. Yeah fuckery that right. was great but yes all that's happening and then you see a ship coming back and i'm thinking oh bubba came back and because i didn't see the ship at first yeah. and then when you see it docking then you see what kind of ship and uh, you're like it's an x-wing yeah you, you, you think no but i you're literally this is the dialogue that i had the whole time oh my god it's an x-wing oh my god josh 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 what if that's luke what if luke what if that's luke it could be luke it's in the timeline that totally could be luke Josh, it might be Luke. Oh, my God. What if it's Luke? And I'm like, he's like, you are too excited about this. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Oh, my God. It could be Luke. And, like, he rolls out in his little hood. So you know it's a Jedi. At that point, you have to know it's Luke. Well, the only other, I was like, you know, maybe it's Mace. Right? That could be the only other possibility, right? Okay. Um, But I was pretty certain it was Luke. Like, yeah. Mace Windu isn't rolling around the universe in an X-Wing. Luke definitely is rolling around the universe. <laughs> yeah. the um, so I'm like getting more and more and more and more and more and more excited. And then bloop, there goes the green lightsaber. There's the gloved hand yeah. and the ungloved hand. And I'm like, oh, it's Luke! And just him <laughs> annihilating. And what I loved a lot about, well, one thing I, I was mentioning to my roommate while watching it was the one thing I hate about Star Wars universe is how once you get blasted by a blaster once, it's instant death. Like, I want to have a little bit of where it doesn't seem like they're incompetent shots. Mm-hmm. I want to see good guys maybe get hit once in a while. Now, granted, you know, you mentioned, well, you can set them to stun. Yes. But that's just a dumb point of itself because they're always aiming to kill. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the good guys always kill the bad guy so either they suck at shooting the person or it's a one-shot kill Mm -hmm. and i don't think that brings up a lot of good uh long-term plans for certain people 
it would be great if all of a sudden it looked like the bad guy or the good guys were actually going to lose. Like Han accidentally gets shot and he's his arms like hurt and in a bandage and but he doesn't die right away. Mm-hmm. Like I really wish there's some more fluidity of that thing because watching um, just them storming the place in the beginning of the episode. Like, damn, these bad guys suck at getting mm-hmm. this five people infiltrating the ship. But when Luke comes in, though, and the laser's going on, and you're like, but that's a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're missing him. And seeing him force, like, shots away and hit it with it, I'm like, that's what makes him a one-man army. And it's, mm-hmm. again, we don't know it's him, but you know but it's, do, him. it's him. Because you're like, he's taking on those death troopers mm-hmm. with ease. It was... It, it's still just even it makes everything about the new movies that sucked like who cares about those this is the star wars world i'm living in and this is the star wars world that i grew up with and this is continuation of all that holy shit well and i love so like yeah it's luke and we all got very excited about that but they don't know who the fuck he is they just know he's a jedi right (laughs) so very very climactic for us uh, I feel like though the name Luke would have been around the system. Maybe, but they didn't know who he was. Oh yeah, I guess until he, he says he yeah. wasn't. Yeah, he. I don't. Did he even say I'm Luke Skywalker, or was he just like I'm here for the child? Yeah, here yeah. For the child. And I mean, well, it's one thing that I do like with that. I also was uh, noticing last night. Take Star Trek for for instance, where giant screens of like people's clear definition or any other futuristic world. Where you have Star Wars with cheap seventies uh, oh holograph, I that was I love that aesthetic <laughs> of Star Wars universe. There's a bunch of beepy boop like yeah. put buttons to push, and they're so like far in the future that they can like not warp speed like hyperspace and mm. everything. But their technology yeah. is so I, dated looking. It, it I said that to Josh because I was like, they figured out these Death Troopers and they can they can fly in fucking space. But they can't figure out like a clear video screen, or the holograms <laughs> that don't flicker, right. like it looking like it's the seventies. Like stuff. all the control panels are manual buttons. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Still can't voice command the you whole thing. You fight with laser swords. <laughs> <laughs> it's but it, it's just what makes Star Wars yeah. so unique and awesome. But man, him showing up was great. But I. Th- what really made me cry was not just the happy, like, that was cool and shown. And also, for some reason, I was thinking, knowing where the timeline is, I just completely forgot about that. And I was thinking it was going to be um, Mark Hamill as he is now. Oh. But kind of. But they seriously went with a um, being able to place a face on of a body of mm-hmm. someone younger. And it looked pretty seamless. There's, I, I mean, I don't want to make critiques on it because it was great you could see maybe a little bit when he was talking and when they zoomed into the head that it wasn't as saint Mm -hmm. but i'm not here for nitpicking that who cares because the whole moment was amazing what i cried about was realizing we're never gonna see grogu again yeah i mean like if this (sighs) i didn't cry because we're never gonna see grogu again i cried like when he took off his helmet that also. And, and made the little eye contact and let him see his face, and Grogu gave him the little little face touch. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to watch Mandalorian without, like, I don't care whether Grogu's there or not, but I don't know if I want a Mandalorian without a Grogu. 
Because it, yeah. like, his humanity was increased exponentially because of this Here's tiny funny little thing creature. Too. Going into the Mandalorian, we didn't know about this child. Right. And we're all like, I can't wait to watch the show because it's about a Mandalorian and what's going to be about. Now it's like, you just made something that you can't separate and yeah. now you just separate it. And I wonder how much that was originally planned. Like, from, we're making this first season, but we already have the second season planned to make where we're going to do this, not realizing how uh, integral Grogu would be. Mm-hmm. And them seeing that now, but I can't see them, I mean, not, no harm's ever going to come to Grogu. Like, no one's coming up against the plot armor of, of Luke Skywalker. Well, okay. Maybe. And, because, like, okay, listen. So, if this was a normal child, like, he'd age normally, and then, like, in a couple of years, like, he'd be a teenager... And he'd come find Mandalorian and they'd be reunited sort of mm-hmm. thing. But, like, Grogu's 50. So even in 50 years, he's still going to look probably like a child. But you're, that's what you're saying. Did in Kylo Ren... Remember, the plot point of Kylo Ren fucking going to the dark side and killing all of those kids at Luke's school or whatever, where he was chaining all those children... So was Grogu there? Did he die? Did Kylo Ren kill Grogu? I mean, that's some thoughts, but I doubt... I think that Grogu, uh, like, graduated from the Academy and was off somewhere else. Down the road in new Star Wars movies, I think we can see a Grogu coming back. Yeah. However, from the established time of now, which I want to say is... Was it five years, they said, after Return? Yep. To the new Star Wars, which is another 25, 30... You still have, like, Kylo's uh, turn, let's say that's 20 years out, Mm -hmm. 25 years out-ish or so, that now we have Grogu with Luke, training and everything, but if he's there training, I could maybe see an episode of Mando going there and him saying hi, but to have Grogu leave in the next that many years to come on the Mandalorian, you know, TV series... I just don't... It doesn't make much sense no. plot-wise. No. As well as they've used... Uh, they used Grogu in the way that they needed to. They mm-hmm. explained everything. Who he is. They needed his blood. They've gotten his blood. Him as a you know a plot point for the show is kind of over. Except for being so damn cute and I just want him around. Right. Because I want him to eat everything and get chocolate and... <laughs> That's what made me sad. But also, yeah, I did not see him taking off his helmet. And I'm I'm actually past the point. I might have mentioned it before when he took off his helmet this one, the last time. If they do it once a season, I'm okay with it if they the plot. But also, it is a dumb fucking rule. Yeah. And it's not a life or death rule. And I, I you know, I don't know how I, I, I'm okay with it. Either or. So it's funny, but, but I thought about this. So, you know, he had this hard, steadfast role where he didn't take off his helmet, and it was supposed to be part of, like, the old ways of the Mandalore. And when he met Bo-Katan, she was like, yeah, I mean, we don't, that's, like, real old school. We don't follow <laughs> yeah. that shit anymore. But she still, she still buys into this whole, like, I have to win the Darksaber in battle thing. And I'm like, Okay, so you're just picking and choosing what old ways you're sticking to? Sounds almost like a religion. (laughs) I mean, 100% is. (laughs) Um, You know, obviously it's a plot point, right? Because that's going to be the next thing. So. I don't know. It's, yeah, that was just great. I did not. 
I did not see them having a teaser at the end of everything. Right. It was the best teaser in the world. We already knew that there's going to be a Boba Fett show coming out yeah. from their investment thing, which they maybe should have just delayed that one because it would have been a little bit more of a surprise, but it was kind of a surprise to see where that direction might be going. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the way it ended. I loved that he rolled up to where everything went bad for him. Mm-hmm. He like... Him on that fucking throne chair thingy. It was like the best single shot I've ever seen in the Star Wars universe. And I know any of these people who have like real hard ons for Boba Fett, like that was their release for sure. <laughs> and it's 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 funny with, with Boba Fett, again, fucking awesome. But when you really look at it in Star Wars like type legend Going up to uh, Empire, he wasn't, well, he wasn't an established character, and they created this character, but he debuted in the shitty Christmas Mm, special. Yep, and then the animated. But then only had five lines. Yeah. Why is he so popular? And, And what I found out is it's the toy. So back, and this is where Lucas has always just made a shit ton of money, they were in between, you know, some movies and wanting to release a new toy, and they had some designs, and a design for a character, um, which eventually became Boba Fett, was they wanted to have a second-in-command under Darth Vader, who looked kind of like Darth, so that's kind of got a, a helmet and, and, and mm-hmm. everything, but different. And through that, it kind of changed a little bit to, well, let's make him, like, a not- part of either faction so that he can kind of go either way so he's not just his right hand man but let's make him a mercenary what you could do for the toy was if you had like four proofs of purchase you could mail in to get the toy and so people got this toy a year before the Christmas special even came out so before they even heard any dialogue or anything you have this cool looking fucking figure that looks like Darth Vader it's got a jetpack and little is known about him so you have people that are coming up with their own stories and this and that. And then you see them on the Christmas special and for whatever, you know, shittiness that all is. You're like, oh, this guy's got this cool blaster and everything and comes from Mandalore. And then you see him in the movies and you're just like, he's the coolest thing. Really, it took those people who grew up with the toys and everything to finally start making some books to extend yeah. it. Is where it really grew up and blew up. But if it wasn't for that action figure of people having that time to not have anything established of who he was, having him be a blank slate is what really uh, set the tone for making him almost as, like, probably the only other person besides Luke and Darth Vader to be that popular in the whole series Mm -hmm. of everything. So that's where Boba Fett uh, came from. I never bought in too much of it, like, there's seeing the movies, are... I thought he was cool, but I also was like, he's a bad guy, so I yeah. didn't really care for it. Well, it's really that, I think, you know, people bought into the character concept, but it was really that extended universe sort of history that was built around Mandalorians and his character and that whole book where, you know, at the beginning of it, he gets out of the Sarlacc pit and stuff like that. I think is really what, anyone that I know that is really into Boba Fett, like, has bought into the whole history of, of that so, um, but I can't wait to see what this next one, I'm very excited for the book of Boba Fett. 
I I am too. Um, yeah. I'm excited for everything that's coming out yeah. from from them. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't want to end on the sad news, but I guess I mean it kind of it ties in a hundred percent. I w- I think we would be remiss not to mention that the original Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock, uh, passed away this week, which I think it was on Thursday. Maybe, yeah, so it was like the day before or... the yeah. last episode. Yeah, but I you know it would be interesting to see if anyone got hit like. If anyone was able to, did he see, did he see what his character became in this show? Like it, because it definitely was like a visual sort of redemption story for him. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had redemption, I think in the books and the, you know, the, the character was never really like a bad guy. He was a bounty hunter, right? I actually read a story about him and I saved it somewhere and forgot to, to grab it now where in real life, like he pretty much rode the coattails of being the act, the actor that you know. It wasn't even his voice uh, of Boba Fett for those few lines, but he's the actor in the costume, mm-hmm. um, being Boba Fett. That he went to all these cons. Oh yeah, just he, he as, was at as a con, a, he was at Motor City a couple years yeah, ago. It's, and it's kind of like you know, I kind of make fun of some of the old Power Ranger people who aren't uh, Tommy that are still riding the waves of. Being a Power Ranger, you know. Why, why does Tommy get the pass? I, I, because everyone He's riding those fucking coattails I mean, just too. as hard, if not harder, than anybody else is. <laughs> However, it, it, let's look at it more as like Stormtrooper number that hit his head on yes. the one scene. Like some of these people just ride that wave as much as they can, but obviously Boba Fett's popularity has kept him mm-hmm. uh, being in it all. And uh, it was a couple years ago that he. Uh, gave a heartfelt uh, retirement, like just a email letter to everyone, just saying, "Hey, you know my health. I just I can't do it anymore. I want to be there for everyone." And just like him explaining, just you know why he did it is for the fans that want him. And it just seemed like one of those actors that you're glad to hear was a good person in real life, right? Um, so again, I hope that he did get to see the ending, but I, maybe he did. But I doubt many people did because they kept that a secret of yeah. Luke coming back. Well, even, but even, so not necessarily the ending, but even just like the last. Just know what, yeah, what yeah. Boba Fett's doing because, yeah, they can't, that's a yeah. little bit different. Than... If they were like, here's this episode, you know, the 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 main one where he showed up in, in any sort of like su- substantial way was when Grogu got kidnapped. And, you know, it was clear at that point that he was. Um, Fighting for the light side, yeah, <laughs> and not the dark side. But and that's, uh, I mean, like I said, one last thing. Can you imagine though? It's hard in Hollywood keeping endings secret. And I want to say that the end, like how Infinity War and keeping those secret mm-hmm. were, but even then there were some leaks, and even then, I don't feel that is as big of a deal as this. This was a big deal for just a small scene mm-hmm. to establish some things for fans. Mm-hmm. There's a meme going around, J.J. Uh, Abrams saying, you know, you can't really satisfy the original people with getting new viewers and John Favreau saying, hold my beer. Cause yeah, John Favreau is a... Uh, I mean, listen, the man launched the Marvel Universe. He's saving the Star Wars Universe. Yeah. This guy... Wrote and directed the movie Swingers. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, how? Like, never in a million years 
Would you, like, if you went back and told me, like, hey, you know this, the Swingers movie that you like, that guy? Uh, he's going to be so important to pop culture and just not that long from now. I would be like, you're fucking full of shit. He's an indie darling, and he's going to stay that way his whole life. He, I only <laughs> knew him before even Iron Man uh, on the movie PCU with uh, Jerry oh. Piven. <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy's going to do Iron Man? Right. This, what? Yeah. And then I'm like, wow. Yeah, he knows what's up. Yeah. He really does. Uh, It's impressive. So, uh, I guess it's time to uh, just end the the podcast and say, uh, hope everyone. Merry Christmas! Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and Festivus. Everything else that's out there. I mean, happy opening President's Day. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, mainly be safe, you know. Obviously, people are going to hang out with their families and to different extents of who they can or can't. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, just be safe in the long run. Yeah. And many more Christmases come and go, but... Don't infect your grandma. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you might have more Christmases to go, but your grandma don't. <laughs> don't take one away from her early. But uh, next time we're going to have something out, uh, might be next year. So I guess stay thirsty to good things hopefully to come in 2021. I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be better, right, Tony? It can't be worse. It can't possibly be worse. 